gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. Very quickly, hope I should do this, but I still have less than the 30 minutes. Should be able to do this in 20 minutes with the help of the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 3 verse 9. He says, the Lord, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Amen. Where are you? This is the first question that God asked in the Bible. And um, usually questions have different meanings and different goals. But this particular question is the question behind all forms of what you can call audits. Audit means you want to look closely into what is going on. You want to examine. And so God decided to come to the Garden of Eden after he has created it and came to Adam. He said, let us check how far we have gone with things. Of course, God knew. But he came around to come and do an audit with them. And I believe without people being asked this question where you are, every one of us will easily assume that we are doing well. You agree with me? Proverbs chapter 20 verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. Proverbs 26. Most people will proclaim each their own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? So, you know, how nice it will be that when exam time comes, they just ask everybody, do you understand the subject? What shall they say? I say, okay. How many say yes? You raise your hand. All right, line up for your certificate. That's not the real world. So it is that whether we like it or not, we need to do an audit of where we are from time to time. And I can assure you folks, I've been through a few audits in my life. From the various roles that I've occupied by the special grace of God, we used to have a lot of medical audits. There was a time that was not very popular. It became a subject, whether for a qualifying exam or for postgraduate exam, you need to talk a lot about audits. And even before that, I remember in my teaching days as a, as a school teacher, primary school teacher, um, the inspectors would come to school. How many of you taught before? Any teacher here? Oh, good. All right, exactly. When the specters will come, uh, we'll be a little bit jittery. What they've come to do is to find out where we are. More recently, I've been through even the role of a pastor. I thought I've left all the audit behind. Um, in a few days or a few weeks' time, the Oscar audit will be ready so that we can send our report. I've had a few HMRC audits. I've had a few UKVI audits. They call it UKVI, and am I right? That's what the, the man has disappeared. Yes, uh, please. Yes, they call it UKVI, and UK it used to be UKBA. I've had a few uh, care inspectorates um, audit. Do you know something about audits? It's not comfortable, but at the end of it, it's very comforting. When the auditors come around, everybody starts running a skelter. You must make sure that the books are okay. 
You must make sure that everything is going on very well. But there are some things that the auditors always use. And I don't know how much of it I can say about even where you are as a church. And as I said, you've had auditors come in many times. Because audit is only a sampling, generally speaking, of the old. You can't, there's no way you can audit fully an account. You know, by the time, they can't. The account you get for one year, there's no way they're going to do it. So they stay about, how long do they normally stay for our audits? About about a week. So about a week, they will need to just take a sample, take a sample, take a sample. But what they do when they do audit, and this is where I will wrap it all up and then mention just two points and we start doing what I believe the law asks us to do. They look for red flags. So in any time you are doing audit, you don't, you don't, you can't do everything. But once you check the standard red flags and they are not there, they speed things up and they leave. They go to the next station. For instance, financial audit, the red flag you are looking for is bad bookkeeping. You ask them, bring this record. They don't have it. Bring that record. They don't have it. More often than not, they know that eventually they will find mismanagement or misappropriation. There's no way. They will. Experience have taught them that. And they probably ask you the most basic of all records you're supposed to have. Where are your checks? We say, well, you know, which check stop do you have? They don't have any. Which this and that. In case... Of medical audits, you don't keep a good record of the patients you've seen. Your note keeping is very useless. More likely than not, malpractice will be locking somewhere. There was a man in this country. We saw the red flag. We didn't take note of it. It ended up conservatively killing 300 people. Shipman. In actual fact, many still believe Shipman might have been one of the biggest serial killers in the world. Red flags were there. Red flags was that this man, we just asked, you know, for extra doses of narcotics, you know, and that was what he was using to have power over there. Very gory story. But red flags are always what we look for. It might be in engineering. The people that do your oil and gas, there are things that, you know, do you do oil? You audit in uh, in engineering now, so everybody does audit, and so there are things they look for. Now, spiritually, what is it that is the red flag we are looking for to know whether a person is doing well? That is where we are going. You agree with me? What is the spiritual red flag to know that we need to look closely into the situation? What is it? When praise and worship is lost is usually a red flag for spiritual problem. And so I tell you two points very quickly from scripture, and then we do what the Lord asks us to do. Point number one, unthankfulness is the precursor of apostasy or backsliding. Unthankfulness is the precursor. It's not what you see that bothers. You people have gone very far before they start manifesting what you see. And so many at times, the heart has gone. And we don't know the heart has gone. And the first thing that we notice is that they start getting unthankful. Israelites on their journey, like as you and I were on a journey, they demonstrate how it works, or shall we say how it does not work. Hallelujah. And well done. When Siri was leading us, I thought he was going to use the Bible verse I was going to use. Exodus 14. Yes, but more poignantly is Exodus chapter 15. Put that on the screen for us. How the story of the children of Israel changed from one level to another. 
Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 to 3. Hallelujah. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. We know the song. All right. We may sing it later. Verse 2, please, if we may. The Lord is my strength and song. Hallelujah. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will. My father's God. Isn't that sweet? And I will. Verse 3, what does he say? The Lord is a man. And Adonai is his name. Isn't that sweet? And then in verses 20 and 21, they continued. Verses 20 of the same chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. Except for the remote one, spare me my face on the screen. Just leave the Bible verse there. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels. And with, and they're very thankful. And they're very joyous. And verse 21 says, and Miriam answered them, saying what? Sing to the Lord, for he has... She repeated again, the horse and his rider, God has thrown into the, verse 22, the same set of people, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, then, went, then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no, and verse 23 now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called, verse 24, and the people, verse 24, the Lord has triumphed gloriously. The horse, man, and his rider, he has, verse 24, and the people, Do you see now? And that was the beginning of their backsliding in which a huge percentage of them never got to the promised land. Whom did they complain against? Who did they complain against from the screen? I know there's no catch there. Who did they complain against? Eh? Nobody wakes up. But whom exactly are they complaining against? Nobody complains against God in church today. Whom do you complain against? I've gotten used to that. So when they complain against me, I don't sorrow anymore. I pray for them. Because nobody will have the audacity and say God is not good. But behind it is usually he prayed, where is the result? We were promised that God will do this. Where has it not happened? And at the end of the day, they know that nobody answers prayers. But there must be a bogeyman. And the pastor is the bogeyman. They complained against Moses. And that started them on their journey of disaster for many, many years to come. Our own journey will be preserved. It will be preserved. But I won't leave this point because of our time until I make mention of something to you to let you know 
Just as the song, this one, God is in this house. If you are doubting it before, if you if, go, go, go and sit down and think very well. Through the years, you know, I've proposed in my heart, I will not tell them what to sing, what not to sing. Let that be a test that God is speaking to all of us at the same time. After all, what they were singing today, yes, might be part of the theme. And what I picked for you is not even really part of the theme, but that's what God asked me to do. And yet God prepared this one even before he told me to give the same set of verses, the same set of examples, knowing that it's the same Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. So when we go through challenges of life, what was behind it? Why, why do our sons change? Which eventually leads to backsliding in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Very quickly, please. If we may, when you use Bible, it's easier. You can't misquote me. What does it say? Let's read together, please. One, two, go, if you may. Led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to know whether you will keep his commandments to humble you. Let's go back, sir. Oh, ma'am. To humble you and test you to know what is in your heart. Who wants to know what is in your heart? Did God not know what is in your heart already? But who does he want to actually know what is your heart? Me. So many are times, if God says, I say, your heart is not right towards me. You are only pretending that you are serving. You say, God, never. Because that's exactly what he told Peter, you remember? He said, Peter, you will do. He said, never. So what God does do, he takes us through challenges of life. And then, since you said never, and he said, loving father, he said, let me show you so that you can pray well. Let me show you. And believe you me, it's not comfortable. And then, just leave us three for now, and let's take one or two. Go to verse 16. And what is the conclusion of it? Because if I leave it in verses 2 and 3, just go to verse 16, if you may, please. We will not have done justice to it. And then kept on telling them what he did, what he did, what he did. And then he eventually got to verse eight, six, 16, and he said, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and do what? And that in my so what is the conclusion? What is the conclusion? What is the conclusion? That is the end result. Whatever you are going through is to do you good in the end. So that what is in your hand cannot be taken away. There are some things where we got in by swept, sweat, nobody can take it. So many are times what we go through is to do us good. So do us good. He said, it's thoughts unto us that thought of peace and not of evil to give us what? An expected end or a hope or an a future. Let me use one more Bible verse and then I leave that point. Since it's only two points, we should be able to do it. So that was in the days of the Israelites. Now what about in our day? Because down the line are many generations on. The same thing is still happening. And so in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and 27, it's also instructed to drive home the point that the litmus test, the red flag for every struggle we have in our Christian journey starts with lack of thanksgiving. Let's start from verse um, 18, please, if we may. Romans 1, 18. We'll read a few Bible verses. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit will bless them in our heart. All right, let me read for you. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Go back to verse 20, please. So that is the narrative. God has doing mighty things. He's shown his great attributes. attributes. Um, you know, he makes us understand things. And even his power is all known just as he parted the Red Sea and did all those things. And they were singing in verse 21 now, just so that we can flow together. Verse 21, please. Because although, listen now, they knew God, just as you and I know God, they did not glorify him as Noah, Noah, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts started becoming darkened. Verse 22. You then see the sequence of things that happen. So, they knew God, God showed them their power, but the only sin they have, which changed the game, was that they did not glorify God and they were on, they professed to be wise and they became Let's keep going on, please. Let's keep going on upstairs. Let's keep going on. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man. Mm? And birds and four-footed animals and creepy things. What are, you, what are they talking about there? Idolatry. Thank you. Verse 24. Good. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the loss of their hearts to dishonor their bodies amongst themselves. Keep going now, unless I ask you to stop. Who exchanged the truth of God for lie and worship and serve the creature other than the creator who is blessed forever. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passion. They are now moving from idolatry. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Keep going. I said, if, unless I ask you to stop. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, bound in their loss for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Stop. What are they talking about there? Homosexual relationship. Come on, say it. What are they talking about there? Uh, you mentioned, I don't like you very much on homosexuality. Now, what's the problem? It's, that's what we are talking about there. That's what the scripture is saying. Amen. So, everything started with, they didn't glorify God. They were not thankful unto God. They moved into, and then moved into even things that Bible calls were shameful. Because there's not that description for what we read there, isn't it? And by the time you read 28 to 32, you then started listing other sins that were there. He's talking about even strife, even anger, even all the rest of that. He listed them there. Folks, please, immediately you see the red flag of thankfulness in your life. Deal with it. Are you hearing me? If you are full of complaining about others, you are full of what they didn't do right, what they didn't do right, and you don't see good in anything, it is a red flag. It graduates into estrangement from God. And that's one thing I've trained myself not to do. Don't always be thankful. And I'll mention to you, Dickie Sylvester was leading us in prayer this morning. Beautiful prayer. 
and he was itemizing simple things that you probably would not have thought about that we should thank God for. And spent about two hours this morning doing nothing but thanking God. And he was taking me through things that I need to just stop mourning, stop complaining. Are things hard? Yes, they are hard. But that is the purpose why, number one, the enemy brought the hardship. And number two, the Lord allowed this so that he can shackle you and you can remember the book of Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8, verse 16, so that he may do you good in the end. Is that well-made point? Number two point, very quickly. Gratitude and praise are the key to our victory. This is a shorter point. A thankful person is a joyful person. And a joyful person is a strong person. A thankful person is a joyful person. The only thing the devil wants to attack in my life is my joy. I know it. Once he can make me not to be thankful, once he can make a problem to be the number one thing in my life, and I look away from every other thing. I never ever think that's because your challenge is big. That is why. It is the same for everybody. I sharing with leaders. You know, last Sunday, very unique thing happened. We left church. Everybody left church. Everything was hunky dory. And I was so overwhelmed by circumstances around. You probably, you probably don't know. I was so overwhelmed. Everything was good. There were so many challenges here and there. People's life that needs to be solved. I was so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed, I forgot to eat. It was around 9 p.m. I said, ah, I'm not eating. And I was not fasting. My soul was heavy. And reason is that, number one, yes, there are issues. But more importantly, more than that is the fact that there's an enemy who wants to take our thankfulness away? You won't allow it. You won't allow it. No matter how bad it is, as long as you're on the surface of the ground, it's not going to remain always like that. It's not. I know it. It's not. It will change. Because you are not going to be an exception. I know you can tell me your story. Maybe more difficult than mine, but I've got mine too. What the Lord has taken me through. I was telling some young folks not long ago that I had people that knew, that proposed in their heart that I will not make anything with my life. God showed me some of the places they've gone to to stop me. Some of those things were manifesting in my life. They've not handed off. But the truth of the matter, folks, is that I overcame. The same story was like yours before. Am I right or wrong? Many that fought against you, circumstances that you were thinking you would never get over. You are here now. Here, unfortunately, unfortunately, shall I say, in another challenge, the same God that took you from there will take you from this one. But in the interim, don't stop giving thanks. Because that is where the power is. That is where the victory is. So, I'll give you two Bible verses and then I'll tell you what I call action points. Not prayer points, action points. Psalm 27 verse 8, he said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart um, greatly rejoices and through my song, I will praise him. Psalm 27 verse 8. Of course, you know, Jeremiah, uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10b, Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your you won't lose your joy. 
nothing will make us to lose our joy. Try the devil will, but fail he also will. Action points. Number one, say sorry. Say sorry to God for your moanings. Say sorry to God for not being thankful. Uh, we will, in a moment, all stand up and do that, but I will let you know the time. Say sorry. The time when we acted as if God has not done much for us. The time when, you know, they say, let us pray, and your mind doesn't always pray again. What about the one we prayed? And God heard. The time when we say, come to church, you say, we church. Since I've been going, things are not even going okay there, and God heard. You need to say sorry. The time when those who are significant in your life, suddenly they don't become significant anymore. Everybody just becomes, what are they doing? What are they doing? You say sorry. Say sorry for those moments in which you were actually grudging God. For those moments when we have joined others in dragging down the church of Jesus Christ. You've called people names. You've championed and you have reposted things that brought other men of God down. Whose full story you don't know. Who one day God may ask you to stand up and say, say it to their face. You don't know. Say sorry. Say sorry. For even your own close relations that are around you, whom you have been taking it against them because of the challenge you are going through. You've not been thankful for the role they played in your life. Friends are not unto enemies. Say sorry. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. The people that probably joined hands with you before and fasted and prayed with you, the people that counseled you. Because if you don't glory God, glorify God, and we remain unthankful, idolatry may be around the corner. Yeah, well, that's what Romans chapter 1 says. Thank you, Lord. And after we have said our sorry, we will start afresh. Timing is right. The workers meeting today, many of you are workers in the house. You don't turn up in workers meeting anymore. I will be calling the workers meeting very soon to know who is who. Because I know we are moving to a new level. And it's only the serious minded. And that's why God is sending this to you. Loosen up yourself. Give thanks. We have talked about timing. I don't know. Do you know when I was, when I finished listening to that and the last minute when I was preparing to come down for this particular message, it dropped in my heart that our best Sunday of the year is Thanksgiving Sunday. And I don't think it's by error that it's followed by Holy Communion Wednesday. Maybe we've not been seeing results on Wednesday because we've not done the Sundays very well. Because Holy Communion is supposed to be followed by signs and wonders. Maybe. And we come to a level in which that we need to change from today. I thought we may finish on time. We may not again today. 
we've stretched our time last week. So, how do we start afresh? The Lord gave me an exercise this morning, and thank you very much. I think I've mentioned our brother that led us in prayer, full thanksgiving. He gave me an instruction this morning, which I've carried out, and with his permission, it's a little bit stripped down from what he took me through that he's asking me to ask you to do today. Number one, when we give ourselves the time to start afresh in our thanksgiving, you will pick three people to thank God for, preferably outside your immediate family. When the Lord challenged me this morning, and you know when he gives me prayer points, he also, I also depend upon the Holy Spirit to tell me. And the sampling that the Lord gave me, I mean, I was there for about 30 minutes, very emotional before God, and I started just thanking God for those people. Not necessarily what they did for me, I just saw things in their lives. God personally told you to pray for me. So you will also look around, might be outside here, might be at work, to thank God for those three people. We also look for three big things to thank God for in your own life. And please go beyond, and that is necessary, go beyond thank you for giving me food. Think deep. Bring something out that we make you very emotional and say, wow, true indeed. Go, don't, don't say, I woke up, I say, I didn't, they're okay, they're fantastic, in fact, they're great testimonies. But if you would think deep, that by the time you mention the first one, you will be totally broken and say, Lord, dare I complain? Maybe it's mercy. Maybe it's favor. Maybe things that could have destroyed you completely and you are still standing. Look for three things. And finally, you will look for three things to thank God for in your local church. And go deep and not superficial. Three things to thank God for in your local church. But as a general trend now, and it's part of the plan of the enemy, everybody is just bashing, you know, the church in one form or another. Look for your own local congregation. If you're a visitor and this is not a local congregation, wherever you are fellowshipping normally, and this is a member of this church, look for three things to thank God for. Something deep, not something superficial. And as we do that, I'm sure God will open the heavens upon us. And our story will change for the better. Hallelujah. You want to jump on your feet with me? And let's just begin to deal with this. It's a serious business. First of all, say sorry for all the areas in which you've not been thankful. As a particular person that, you know, is within my sphere of influence, I noticed that this particular person, for every little thing, the person has been thankful. And something is telling me that that person will go far. You know, many are times, for people around us, we don't thank them for putting food on the table. We don't thank them for, you know, but let's leave that for now. But let's, let's just go and, and just pour our hearts and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've not been as thankful as I ought to be. Today, let that change. Even for saving me. He said they become wise. 
We saw many of us we gone so wise. <laughs> we know everything. We complain about everything. We tell. We know what is right, what is wrong. He said they become wise, and yes, they are foolish because they are not thankful. Our folly ends today. Wisdom stars. Thank you, Lord, our God. Don't waste this time, please. And don't use it to criticize what I've said. That would be a double loss. May my Father give you the grace to just carry out the simple instruction which we have established from the scripture. Where you have been unthankful, where you have thought it's by your power that you did what you did or you become what you become, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Plead for mercy today. Finally, please go to this second set. Look for three people in your heart and begin to thank God for them. Look for three people and thank God for them. Who knows what God can tie this onto? Who knows what simple obedience can do? Let God be true and all men liars. I can only do what I think he asked me to do. Who knows? It might be because of you that God says, just look for three people to thank God for. He says, look for three big things in your own life. Who knows? That may be the key that we've been waiting for. And then, take time and thank God for three things in your local church. Recognizing that the head of that church is Jesus. Despite all the imperfections of humans, there's so much to thank the Lord for. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take another minute. It's not something you can finish here. I believe it's something you need to take home. Hallelujah. And you need to deal with it. My confidence is that we shall testify. We shall testify. We thank you, our God. There are many that would love to have a fraction of what we have. And they'll be so thankful. And here we are. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive our folly. That's what we called it. And we say we are starting afresh today. Life of complaint is ending. Life of murmuring is ending. I'm asking, Father, Lord, as your children begin to thank you for people, for the church, for their own lives, accept our sacrifice this afternoon. Accept our sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. Thanks. We give you thanks for all 
got a heart of thanksgiving with a heart of thanksgiving I will bless you Lord I will bless you I will bless you Lord I will bless you Lord lift your hands unto the heavens and bless this God your voice and bless him. Just bless him. Just give him thanks. Give him honor. Give him majesty. Is the Lord our keeper? Is the Lord that has not allowed you to be alone? 
There are some people, they can't, they don't even have anybody around them. You have people, you shun them. You have people that force over you, you put them at time's length. Sometimes we grudge. This message is, is the plan of the Lord is that it's, it's, it's like a sword to our heart because that's what the word of the Lord does. But today, give him thanks. Let something change. Let something change. We magnify you, O God. Thank you for provision. Thank you, Lord, that we have a warm environment where we can worship. Thank you that we've not been thankful for all the benefits that we have. The liberty of worship. We are conforming ourselves unto the unbelievers, not unto you. Oh, Lord, forgive us. But today we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all those that have put their hands to work in your house. Thank you for all the teams that work today. Oh, Lord, how will it be if we don't have each other, oh, God? Thank you for the revelation of your word. Thank you that when we pick the scriptures, you reveal them unto us. Nobody taught us in school, and you made them clear. Thank you for the capacity to be able to communicate. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, we have not got leprosy or things that will keep us away from man. How wonderful you are, oh God. Thank you that we can still find our way to church. Some are backsliding completely. But Lord, we thank you. 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 Oh, no more murmuring, no more complaining. You have been good. You have been gracious. How wonderful you are, oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. We thank you. Who is there like you, glorious in holiness and fearful in praises? God of wonder. God of glory. Our hope. Many are totally hopeless, we are not. That's where we are your house today. We thank you. How wonderful you are. If you are to mark our iniquities, who we stand. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, please give us that special help that the rest of today the rest of this week and in fact the rest of our lives thanksgiving will well up on the inside of us your word says be careful for nothing but in everything even when we have prayer points say but in everything with prayer in prayer with thanksgiving let your request be made known all those thankless prayers they will end today in fact, before we start mentioning our request, our thanks will have gone ahead of us. And this week, you will open doors for us. But number one thing I want you to do is to do an internal work in us. And before I start seeing external things, do deep work. I don't want to continue. We can't continue like this. We need to go deeper. It's a deeper place that you have called us onto. 
Let your hand lead us there. Let your power be sufficient for us. May none of us be too big for our boots. May we remain little children in your hand. But above all, just turn our hearts around. We are saying thank you, Jesus. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.